Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. You are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Mike TV. And that's Jen Diz. Today we will be having our very own Disney therapy session with special guest Stephanie Garcia. We will also chat about some of the most recent news and share what's in store for the Disney Holic show. Here we are, finally the therapy episode. And if you haven't noticed, so I just went out karaokeing with my family last night, Jen. So my voice is a little bit more uh, <laughs> deeper and raspier than it usually is. So there we go. I love that. Such a, like a good reason for it. Like lots of times people are sick or tired or whatever, but you just sang it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and the fun part about uh, whenever my family's here, especially with my cousin. When we go karaoke, it almost is all exclusively Disney. So we pretty much hit every Disney song they had in the songbook. And I was wailing it out, including Out There from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which they had. And love it. Just love it. Why did you not post a shitload of stories (laughs) on Instagram? I thought about it, but I don't think it sounds as good in in real life as it does in my head. So I saved it. Oh, it never does. And that's the best part about it. Next time, I'm going to hold you to it. Next time, next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would actually be a really fun, like, meetup, right? For Disney Holics. That would be. <gasps> you know, the nice thing, plans. too, is that the um, it's Disney songs are short, so you can get a lot of them in. You know, when people mm-hmm. usually, you put, like, a pop song in next, it takes, like, a five minute, and you get tired by the end. It's, like, the same chorus You're like, can over we just over. fade out yeah. here? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Disney songs, short and sweet for the most part. Um, but yeah, there's just been a lot of like stuff that we haven't really talked about yet on the podcast. Um, so before we get into therapy with our friend Stephanie, transportation is back at Disneyland. Boom, 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 boom. And what do you mean by that? Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard the Mickey and Friends Tram. Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. So we got those trams back starting February 23rd, I believe, is when you can now take a tram from the parking garage to the park itself. Thank goodness. I saw somebody post, I don't remember who it was on Instagram, they said, no more extra one and a half mile walk. Is it really Jeez one and a half miles? Not right. Please. I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it though. It People do say long. it takes like 15, 20 minutes to walk it though. And that's about that time, right? Ooh, mm. That makes sense. That's it, a lot. Yeah. I'm about, so I'm trying to think of it in New Yorkers terms. I'm a, about a half mile from my apartment to our subway stop. And that takes about 10 minutes. A 10-minute walk. Okay, so maybe it's like a mile. Still, whatever it is, it's too long, especially for the end of a Disney day. So welcome back, trams. (laughs) Welcome back, trams. And then over at uh, Disney World, 
you know, there has been a lot of uh, sadness and controversy with the Magical Express bus being gone. So that service is no longer there. So when you arrive from the airport, you no longer have that beautiful option of the complimentary Magic Express bus that takes you to your Disney World Resort. And in place of it, they have just what is the the Mears company, who was technically the ones operating it in the first place. But now you could just buy direct through them. So that's what we thought we were left with this whole time. Turns out Disney slyly reintroduced the program back into the trip planning process. And this is how it goes. So now let's say you're on your Disney World vacation booking journey online and you're doing the package. Uh, when you get to the end, there used to be a part where you would add on your complimentary Magical Express. Now it says, would you like to have transportation add-ons? And you have to buy it. So it's there as an add-on. And now you so can choose So essentially it's between the same thing, but they're charging you for it. 1,000% is exactly what they're doing. And, and I, I mean, what, what do you think? What, what's your reaction there? It's the exact same thing as the Max Pass. Like everything dropped off and then they just brought it back and it costs more money or costs money in general. What, especially for poor it. Disney World people because everything used to be free. Right? I am shook. <laughs> oh and they 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 make it sound like it's more of an offering. So the way they're doing it now is when you select add ground transportation. So you can add the bus and pay for it, which was the free service. And then now you have the other options that Mears offers, which is like you could do a sedan. So if you want the private experience, oh. you could do an SUV. So if you have a bigger group, you can even go for a stretch limousine. It's really right there in the in the add ons. And so there you go. Something for everybody. Uh, and it's back. It's just not called Magical Express. It's called Mears Private Ground Transportation Disney Partnership. So do you know? Um, are they using the same buses, like um, the those, Magical Express buses? That's a good question. Those buses are officially gone. They're officially gone. They all say Mirrors uh, Transportation Service. And um, that's a good question because when you are somebody who has now booked one of these new add-ons that are back, um, you still do have to go to the same place at the resort to find your shuttle they just rebranded all of the signs. Um, so it just says airport transportation service. Oh. Um, and then I guess hmm. that's where it'll either be the large bus that you're there with other guests or the private or the stretch limo if you if you went for that. Hey, and, if you want to just treat yourself. Right? And don't tempt me. You know me. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, so next trip we're going in a stretch limo. Got it. <laughs> it's really interesting. I just have to align my flight to land the same time as you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it wouldn't be the same without you. I would have to make sure. I don't think I could go by myself and I'd feel like such a capital L. Oh my God. So on my hand, on my forehead. Just for one loser. <laughs> Just for one loser. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious. I want to play around with this because it seems like this is an add-on that is exclusive to someone who's booking the full package on the website. So if I find out other ways to get the add-on, if you're already like an annual pass holder or DVC, I'll report back. So... Um, Interesting. So there yeah, I know I am actually currently on a trip while you guys are listening to this episode <laughs> in Disney World. And it was one of those first times where I booked a hotel package and I was like, oh, my God, we don't have any option of how to get here. Right. So we ended up renting a car anyway. But that definitely wasn't on there when I booked everything. And it wasn't that long ago. So it's definitely very recent. 
So I haven't gotten to see how it looks yet, but I oh, am curious. They do have a partnership with Alamo, too, that's going to come through that option when you collect, select it. So people now can either book a rent-a-car through Alamo smart, um, or go through that mirrors selection. So, yeah, I, I mean, smart. good and bad, right? I mean, now there's options. The, the thing that's gone is the complimentary service, which was magical. It was literally called Magical Express. Right. I would actually still... Personally, I would prefer to have the Magical Express and have to pay for it than taking the mirrors bus. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that start to finish like Disney experience if you have the Disney Magical Express. 100%. Even if you have to pay the same price that I'd be paying for mirrors, you know? Yeah, you want to stay within the branded bubble. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go for just keeping. It's like A, cheaper to just keep the branded buses they already have <laughs> right. and B, like, you know, but I'm sure it's whole things are letting a whole other company take over it. So. Yeah anyway well that's going on over disney world and i wanted to mention something in disneyland that's changing or not changing but like here let's just get into it so california recently um, made an update for mask mandates and the state of california this gets very confusing so hang in with me state of california is no longer after february 15th going to require or have a mask mandate for indoor if you are vaccinated. And again, we all remember that like there's they're not checking, so it doesn't matter. It just means that nobody has to wear their masks, basically, right? Um, but they're saying it's for people who are vaccinated no longer have to wear them indoors. However, counties in California can make their own rules. So like, for instance, Los Angeles County has spoken up and said that they're keeping the mask mandate for now. Um, we do know that there's been a significant decrease in COVID population recently, so that's good. However, Los Angeles is still keeping it, and Orange County hasn't spoken up yet, so we don't know necessarily what's going to happen there. But even further than that, private establishments can also make their own rules, even beyond all that. So right. Disney hasn't spoken up yet, so I don't think there's going to be anything changing too soon, but I thought I would mention it just because it's interesting. Yeah, and I didn't know yeah. it broke down that far. Like, I thought it was, like, the state and then the private establishment. But there's actually the counties in between that can make their own rules as well. Yeah, so. here in New York, they did something similar. Um, and living in New York City and then the counties within New York City, same confusion. Everybody's pretty confused. We went, as I said, we went out to karaoke into a restaurant. And um, so over here, they still check to make sure you have that um, QR code. And then I have visitors from Arizona right now, and they have to show their ID. But the um, people who work at the restaurant, they don't even know anymore either. They're just as confused. So I'm noticing <laughs> people just go for the highest. Uh, like, I guess if I was a private establishment, I would just be like, whatever the highest restriction is, just to be safe, because I don't know what the state just told yeah, me to right, do. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because you could get in trouble if you don't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... Very find confusing. out find out what it is for where you live and if you're if you're heading to Disney World or Disneyland check into it even look every day who knows it keeps changing I know things are changing by the hour mm -hmm. at this point so I mean they have been for the last 2 years so <laughs> so we'll see um yep. Disney World which you're going to or you're there as the people are listening to this um <laughs> there are a, a number of rumors about the Tron light cycle run so I know we've been waiting for that e-ticket attraction to open up in Tomorrowland for years, like literally years, over three years. The railroad has been closed for quite a while because it goes through the construction project. 
Um, so a couple things are happening that fans are reporting back on. One is people are seeing the railroad train back in operation, testing. So Ooh. Good sign there, right? I know for, for Californians, um, we were keeping an eye on that as a tip to Galaxy's Edge, right? Do yeah. you remember that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so there's something going on. So the train is back running. So that means um, the Tron light, light Cycle Run Coaster might be opening sooner than we thought. They have not announced any date yet. It was not announced as a 2022 um, attraction. However, some information has been released to the public about city utilities. Okay, this sounds like it could be boring, but it's so interesting. So there's a <laughs> lot of um, water issues within that entire land where disney world is right where there's um like reservation water things like that and reservoirs that's the word i'm thinking of and something was going on where whenever they were digging for tron it was like flooding other areas around it and so they basically had to rebuild an entire new reservoir just to catch the water that was being displaced and it wasn't part of any of the plans so this was one legit one legit reason that we can say Chapek is not responsible for. So <laughs> it's just the land. It's the land living, living with the with land. The land. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the land is seeking its revenge. And so there is more than meets the eye to why the Tron attraction is delayed. So a little bit of grace there that I guess we could give to Disney. There's something going on there environmentally and physically with the land. So Um, it's why it's taking a little bit longer, but it looks like whatever that is, they got over that hump and things are moving back on track. So I'm hoping we'll get Tron light cycle run here in the States, maybe early 23 for lucky. That'd be great. That is fascinating. Cause I remember hearing like one of the reasons or whatever that they built Disney world is basically on the second floor, right? The utilidors. It had a whole bunch of stuff to do with the water tables right. and the swamp land and all that stuff around there. And so they're still running into those issues. Still we still like, are, right? Thought they had it figured out in the seventies, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> it's and it's right an there issue. in the front uh, of Magic Kingdom, right yeah, next to Yeah, it's crazy. Yikes. So <clears throat> we'll get that soon. Um, some other cool uh, data points that I was nerding out about is related to Spider-Man: No Way Home. So um, at the time that this airs. Um, things might have changed, but going into the weekend of February 12th, Spider-Man No Way Home is already number four of all time in the North America, the United States domestic box office. Number four, and it's still in theaters, and it's already number four. Um, And the reason why I say at the time of uh, us recording versus airing is this weekend of the 12th might shoot it up into number three, which would move it past Avatar. And so quick check in. What do you currently think is the top three? So I just told you number three, Avatar. What's number one and two? I think we just talked about this recently. I want want to know like where it was at when we talked about it previously. So yeah. Yeah. No Way Home. I think when we talked about it, it was like number eight or something. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Um, So didn't it, it beat out Titanic, right? Beat out Titanic. Yeah. Titanic is now at number seven of all time. Okay. Yeah. So it was probably eight because I think it or six or something but anyways um so top three i guess would be avatar like we just mentioned Endgame, and what's the other one another avengers movie 
Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, Disney owns the top five now, right now. Wow. Because um, Black Panther is number five of all time. And yeah, just so exciting. And there's a lot of like fun um, videos and Instagrams out there. If you look, if you're a Tom Holland fan, he just is such a Disney holic and Marvel holic and nerd. Like he gets so excited when these stats come out. <laughs> And he's like, I can't believe it. I can't do his accent, but he's like, I can't, I can't believe it, mate. <laughs> mate. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so very excited. He's so cute. And it's probably going to be number one or two before we know it because it's still in its theatrical run. So there's that. Just wanted to share that because I am excited for all of us, Disney fans, Spider-Man fans, and Tom Holland fans. Seriously. But I'm curious... You had something else in your notes yes. that I just need to know about. Yeah, so another thing <laughs> that Tom Holland is geeking out about and I'm geeking out about is he has just been casted to play Fred Astaire what? in a biopic of the legendary dancer That's and actor. Cool. And because um, of this, I started learning more about, about Tom Holland and his connection to dance. So it turns out he was actually uh, cast as a young... Um, Billy Elliot in the West End Broadway version in England of the Billy Elliot Broadway show. So that show about the play, the play about the uh, kid who dances. And then on one of these talk shows, they brought in Tom Holland's dance teacher from when he was a child and she surprised him and he was like legit surprised. And she was That's just saying so cute. that she's so proud of him and what he's done for kids and inspiring other people to be open about wanting to become a dancer and a performer and Aww. go into theater. Oh, it was such, such a moment. I need to find it. I could repost it on our Instagram. Um, but yeah, so big things coming for, for Tom Holland there. That's so cool. And if you guys haven't seen, I think he does, it was on, um, what show was that? Dancing with the Stars? Oh, the, the, the lip sync A lip singing one. Yeah. yeah. There's some, I don't know the name of the show, but it's a lip singing show that's very similar to those very big, like, uh, Dance with the Stars type of shows. And he, I think, is dancing to Singing in the Rain? Gene Kelly, is it? Am I tripping? I think there was, um, you might be thinking of his performance of Umbrella by Rihanna. Oh, yes. And he kind of does a little bit of drag. Yeah, (laughs) but it was a whole, to your point, it was like a full on old Hollywood number, style number with the umbrella and the rain. Very cool. Check it uh, out. Yeah. Tom Holland's in a corset, just saying. Gotta gotta see that. It's so fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that is so cool that they brought his old dance teacher on. Um, I actually had a cool moment in my life where I thanked my dance teacher when I was like in my 30s because she like taught me rhythm and I got into music through that. And it's so like the things you learn when you're young and the influence you can have on others from it is so, so cool. Um, And with that said, that kind of leads me into this like therapy vibe, right? Like Mm -hmm. getting those like moments that you can like influence people and like feeling good and meeting old memories. And I know for a fact that we love talking about therapy at Disney. And this, in fact, you guys, has been probably the most engaged we've been with you guys, you listeners out there. Um, We had so many people write in to us and message us privately and whatnot, being excited about the fact that we're bringing up how, like, Disney can work as therapy. So we reached out on the show 
and said like, hey, if there's anybody that actually has a background in therapy, please reach out to us. We would love to dive more into a more professional realm and understand exactly how Disney becomes our therapy. So with that said, I would love to introduce our next guest on the show. Her name is Stephanie Garcia. She is a true Disney-holic and a listener of the Disney-holic show, which is super cool. And she is a professional with a master's degree in the field of social work. So with that, welcome on Stephanie. I know we've been talking about doing this episode for a while, so I am so excited that the time is here. Welcome to the Disney-holic show. And we are here today to talk about Disney therapy. And I'm could not be more excited. So, Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe your Disney story to kick it off? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. I've been, like, anxiously awaiting this moment. <laughs> um, this is, like, I to sound cliche, right? Like, dream come true. Aww. So, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Um, I, yeah, so I guess I can start off by kind of introducing myself. Um, my name is Stephanie Garcia. Um, I have a master's in social work, and so I have, um, I'm going on, I want to say, like, 14 years, give or take now, of um, direct work with uh, social services, um, and so in different capacities, but de- definitely having worked with families, um, individually, as well as um, in group settings. Um, I have a lot of experience, particularly with youth, um, and so having the opportunity to help folks kind of di- dig a little deeper, you know. To Ooh, I love my, that uh, princess in the fog over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's that's what I'm all about. So um, when it comes to connecting that with my own personal um, Disneyland, Disney, you know addiction is what I like to kind of refer to it as. It has such a negative connotation when you say addiction, but really an addiction could be anything, right? Um, It doesn't have to necessarily be like a substance. And so for me, it just happens to be um, the beauty and magic of Disney and specifically Disneyland. So that intersection is what I'm all about. And here we are. You're in the right place with fellow Disney addicts, aka Disney holics. We put this show on as a podcast just to connect with other fans and talk about fandom in general and being addicted. And I know you're a listener to our podcast. So what is it that sort of struck you about some of our conversations regarding, you know, therapy and mindfulness and self-care what what about that is important to you as it intersects with disney it's so important um i mean i think everything that you just mentioned definitely um but i also feel like disney does a very very good job of making this what we call magic Mm -hmm. seem you know very uh natural and very almost like instinctual it's like they know you right they connect to you in some uh emotional way that at, in, when you're in it, it just makes sense. But really, what's what's happening here? What's that connection? What is it that um, gives me, you know, the the that pixie dust and helps me kind of like lift myself off my uh, off the off the ground when I come into a Disney setting or into something that connects to my Disney soul? Um, and so I really love exploring that and really like helping other folks connect with that because I very much um, have that experience. And so um, this whole concept of like sharing, sharing the magic or sharing my love for, for Disney and how it has such a positive 
impact on me, I mean, that that's really the goal, right, is having other folks share in that same joy. Right. I also think this is a unique time kind of that we've gone into, um, like the time of Disney holics of Disney adults, right? We're like, yes. there's a whole push on like normalizing Disney adults and like, it's okay. Like wait, we're freak, we're freak flag. It's okay to love Disney, yes. right? So we're going mm-hmm. into that as well as the time where people are really pushing awareness on mental health. So these are kind of like mm-hmm. coming together mm-hmm. as like yes. our perfect picture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, I almost feel like it's been doing that. But then COVID, yeah, right, yeah. Right? like everything, and then COVID, yeah, <laughs> and then COVID, and then I think this really puts us in a unique, has put us in a unique situation where you're you you have no choice but to confront that and look at that right. and really kind of examine it further. So, yeah, yeah, if we've ever needed mental health awareness, now right. is the time, right? Like, geez, yes. and ever yeah. needed Disneyland, <laughs> Disney fandom, yeah. and Disney overall. How has it helped you, Stephanie, over the last couple of years with COVID as someone in the mental health field? Mm. Yeah, well, per- um, personally speaking, I know for me, I, I, you know, I think for some folks, they when they hear you say like, oh, like. Um, Disney is part of like my mental health, like treatment plan yeah. per se, I guess you could say, right. Um, some folks may not get that, but for those who get it, they know what I'm talking about. And for me, what that looks like is, um, when I'm having a rough day, I sincerely envision myself like from, you're talking about from the the entrance all the way through the park, like that all of a sudden it kind of grounds me. Right. Right. So um, you're talking about putting on some Disneyland uh, uh, music in the background. Something as basic as that. You don't have to even be in the park. But for whatever reason, that for me helps. Right. And so it's um, lots of folks have different coping tools that they pull out of their back pocket. And, uh, you know, for someone, it might be going to the bar and catching up with a friend over some beers. For me, it's going down to Disneyland and crying as you walk through (laughs) uh, the gate and underneath the plaque and, you know, just like, I'm home, you know, and just feeling that sensation that is so unique uh, to that environment. I love that. That is a great way to say that too. Like, there is something about that relief that you get walking mm-hmm. into Disneyland. Like like you mm-hmm. said, just walking under the plaque and then going, like for me, it's like as soon as I turn the corner to where Main Street kind of funnels down, like everything's yes. like, <sighs> like it's just like this sigh of relief comes over me. Yeah. And like nothing even really has to happen yet except for just that. And it's already like all my yeah. troubles. Is this a Disney song? What's this? What am I <laughs> Am I singing a Disney I think song we're right making now? There we go. <laughs> yeah. But really, like, my troubles kind of just wash away. And then the rest is bonus, mm. I feel, to, like, mm. however mm-hmm. I can, you know, improve my happiness over the time I'm there. Yeah. And to speak to what you just asked, Mike, um, as far as, like, the fandom piece, right, connecting to that, knowing that I'm not the only one. Mm knowing that there's other folks who have similar experiences and have their own stories that connect to that. Um, Cause we each have our own Disney story. Right. And so maybe we have the same response, the same connection or similar to Disney or Disneyland, but we each come from a different place. And so um, I love digging into that. I love hearing it. I, I love um, 
like just getting to know somebody uh, in the, from their Disney yeah. side, right? Um, and understanding that. Tell us mm-hmm. more about that, mm-hmm. Stephanie. What What is it with Disney in relationship to, let's think about nostalgia, yeah. memories, your family, yeah. your upbringing. What is it about Disney that really makes it that for yes. you? Yes. So I have um, definitely my own Disney story. Um, and so I come from what I call a generational lineage of Disney uh, addicts or holics. Um, and so for me, it starts with my dad. Um, so I am the daughter of two Salvadorian immigrants. Um, and so my father's first uh, time ever stepping foot in the United States uh, was actually when he was a young boy. He attended a private Catholic school in El Salvador and was a part of their boy, uh, you could call it boy band, <laughs> yeah, but so it's, it was like the, the, the school's orchestra, right? And um, they're pretty well known. And I guess uh, word got to Disney when they were trying to put together an ensemble of international um, children's choirs or groups or orchestras. And so they were invited to Disneyland for this special event. I like really need to get more information about this. Cause I feel like there's gotta be a YouTube video out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so my dad, along with his, um, group, uh, traveled, I think it was like two weeks in some van that God only knows, you know, what kind of condition it was in and what they went through, but um, they made it and they went to Disneyland. And so his introduction to the so-called, you know, American dream was Disneyland. Mm. And so when he went back as a young boy, um, his vision, his his uh, idea of what America was was literally Main Street, was literally the castle. So it was. the, very much so that that uh, you know the the streets are paved with yeah. gold right. kind of an image, and um, that j- did something to him. It really um, sparked something in him that uh, when he finally did uh, later on in life come to the United States, um, it it was such a connection for him that when he became a parent, uh, that was like the first place that my parents wanted to take me as a baby even um they couldn't even afford it but they did what they could to take us every year um and my dad I just remember having such a connection to it because it touched something really personal and um, really special for him and so here I am a product of that and have inherited that um special connection as well and I have passed it on to my children. Oh, that's yes, incredible. That, that is so special being able to have it's it's a symbol of what America could be when it's at its best and its yes. finest, right? Like high standards, great American values, just nice people, yes. friendliness. Wow. I love that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I wish I never even thought and, about that before. That's a great way like to think about cast members is they are also like setting a standard for like Americana, like yeah. we want every, all of our customer service experience yeah. to be like with cast members. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And for that connection to be made for a child who doesn't even know the language. Wow. Right. Yeah. He, you know, um, for him to just visually um, be so enamored with something that it makes such an impact that here he is, even, um, you know, 50 at least 50 years later 
and still it does that to him. We went recently actually in January and he hadn't been in, I think, uh, at least three years or so because of, you know, COVID and everything. Um, and and uh, there was definitely moments that I, I saw it like in his eyes, Aww. right? I saw that. And and so it, it, it doesn't go away and it definitely sticks around. Wow. Yeah, Love that's really it. special. I can relate as well. Uh, I come from a military family and... Um, Mm. and so a lot of our family traditions revolved around meeting up in California and going to Disneyland since everybody was spread across the country and then going back to even the generational aspect you mentioned. So my mom, um, and her family came from the Philippines. So I'm first generation here. And when there was this moment, I think it was just within the last couple of years, there was a Disney animated short, uh, that took place in the Philippines about a little girl growing up with her Lola and her grandma and then she has this Mickey Mouse doll and they show these Christmas lanterns it was like world changing to us we were like wow they they know we've been here the whole time this is so cool like we're a part of this and then they even set it back in time to like decades ago this cartoon so those little things they mean so much to our families like that so I love that you shared Mm. that thank you Mm. yeah the connection to Encanto Coco all of that I can I can relate to that for sure I even remember too, oh, I'm getting all these memories coming flooding through me. When I um, <laughs> first moved to California, so since I was part of a military family, I moved around a lot. And my uh, knowledge of California was Disneyland. I thought California equals Disneyland. So when we moved from the East Coast to Disneyland when I was in about fifth grade, I was so yeah. mad that. The Bay Area was not Disneyland. It took me a long time (laughs) (laughs) to understand that it was actually far, like a drive away. And for East Coasters, that's far, right? That's like not the same state anymore. That's all the way down the coast (laughs) from San Francisco to to Orange County. So, wow. Yeah, Disneyland can mean so many things, like place marking and visually in your mind. Hmm. Definitely. So on the therapy note of things, what... Can you think of a few specific examples about Disney and going to the parks that like maybe on a more scientific level, like release endorphins or like what is it about Disneyland that really can take place of therapy in a way? Yes. Yeah. So there definitely is a science to it. Right. So um, Disney is very uh, smart. They have invested a lot of time, um, money and um, resources into figuring this out and why it is so effective at, um, you know, I guess being the happiest place on earth, right? Right. What makes it the happiest place on earth and why do we, um, buy into it literally? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there are two things like one, there definitely is something that you don't have to be, um, Disney holic or Disney addict, you know, to, um, connect to it. There's something that happens in that space in, 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 in connection with it, that, that does, it, it does something to you, right? It makes you maybe connect to your childhood. Maybe it makes you connect to um, what you might have wanted it to be or want your life to be, or even just fantasy play. Um, but there's, whether you're talking about um, the scents that pump through 
depending on the area that you're in, right? That triggers something, right. whether it's a memory or just like this, uh, like, like a, ooh, what's like an appeal, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, it breaks down to the basic senses um, that we have as humans. Um, and then, of course, it goes even deeper than that and connects to your nostalgia. Um, it connects to history. It connects to uh, culture. And so it becomes very personal, And so when you have something that becomes personal, it crosses that that kind of that line of just being this place that I like to visit and have fun at. You know, it's not just um, like our neighborhood, Great America, right? right? Um, (laughs) Which, to be fair, I had a little bit of a nostalgic connection with. (laughs) A little bit, right? Right, to be fair, but not the same, right? It's been... Uh, attempted to be duplicated so many times and never quite the same. So um, what is it about that? And I think it's it really, for each person, it's something different. But in general, I would say that that's kind of the formula, right? There's There's a science to it. You can talk about how all of that triggers like the serotonin in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, You can talk about how the dopamine, right? So like um, if we're talking about somebody who is um, who who is low on these things and then finds themselves getting a little kick every time they go to Disneyland, um, it's almost the same as like I don't want to, I don't want to like com- compare necessarily because it's, it's not the same, but there's certainly like a connection to like when you um, have someone who is going to therapy and has a kick from having a breakthrough. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, like this feels good. Right. I have a release. I have a relief. I have something that really soothes me. And so you want more. Mm. Right. Right. And so this is where we, get hooked yeah (laughs) that's really cool i like too that you had mentioned uh, a couple things once you mentioned local great america so to all of our listeners whatever your local theme park is that was it for us right growing up in the east bay it was great Mm -hmm. america uh but you also mentioned the shared experience of the thing of being a disney fan is knowing that you're not the only one so i think that might be what takes it up another level Mm -hmm. than having um, some connection with your local theme park, but this bigger shared experience. So what is it about shared experiences when people are going through, you know, trauma or tough times? What, what does that mean? Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely um, there, a group experience, right, can be extremely powerful. Um, I was actually just talking about this the other night in relation to what is it that, like, um, especially during COVID, that we are as a community um, really connecting with each other through this grief, through this loss, through this trauma, um, finding ways to move forward together. Um, And I think that in the Disney community, um, for us, that can be anything from a Disney movie, uh, a series being, you know, played out on Disney Plus and you know, knowing that millions of people are watching it every week and now you can all process this like amazing thing mm-hmm. that happened, right? Um, or a visit to Disneyland and being surrounded by other folks who um, cry when you walk under the plaque by, beside you, <laughs> but you don't know each other, you know? So um, the power of the group experience 
is really, um, for lack of a better word, uh, one of those like addicting components to to the to the Disney, um, you know, infatuation or uh, um, like just the reason why we're so wanting yeah. more, right? Um, because when you are feeling alone, which we all have those moments, right? Um, when you're feeling alone, you can always find somebody else who's a Disney fan who has a connection to Disney there's there's inevitably somebody Disney Hulks are right? everywhere. and it's not yeah and it's not a five-year-old it's not right. um necessarily you know a child um it's it certainly is you know a, another Disney adult out there that can relate I love that and there's even a there's a method for everyone who has their own threshold for how comfortable they are connecting with other fans like right now with things like YouTube you could just be a voyeur all day and just see all the great content people uploaded from Disneyland and feel good. And you don't even have to connect with that person or talk to them. You can just sit there and enjoy the content mm-hmm. that they put out there. And I think that's something we all mm-hmm. needed. There's so many, uh, you know, if you're an introvert and you don't feel comfortable yet jumping into what could be this intimidating, crazy Disney fandom, um, there's still something for everybody. <laughs> and that's what's really nice that, I, that I've learned over the last couple of yeah. years in this pandemic. Um, And I was going to say about like on a more individual level, because we talked about group levels of how it works as far as therapy Um, on an individual level. I've noticed that I've experienced a lot that and it could possibly be that I am having like low dopamine or serotonin or whatever it is. I'm not, (laughs) not the scientist in the group, but I'll go to Disneyland when I'm having a hard time and I'll catch myself like just grinning from ear to ear. And I've like literally forgotten about everything that is going on. And it makes me feel like I never feel like I'm running from my problems because I don't run from my problems. However, knowing that I can have that release and have five minutes of happiness or whatever, knowing that I still have that ability when I'm really low, really, really helps me out. Like it it shows me that I'm still a happy person. I'm just having a hard time. And I feel like mm-hmm. once I like catch myself in those moments, then I'm like, I just like run on it for the rest of the time. So it kind of like gets me out of my funk. And like, I like catching myself in it because I sometimes don't even realize I'm having such a good time until I like realize like, oh my God, Jen, you've like your cheeks hurt, right? That happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah, Disney, like, I'm just smiling hurt. the entire time. <laughs> And so as soon as I noticed that, I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't even thought about my problems in six hours or whatever it is. And it really gives me that hmm. that that good place of knowing that I I can still feel happy when it's a really hard time. But yes, yeah. yes, definitely. I um, there was something you said, Mike, and, and also Jen, that I wanted to kind of just respond to. Mike, you said something about something for everyone. And I really, really think that that is another component that is so special to Disney, Disneyland. Um, As a mom of uh, two children who um, have special needs, as a uh, person of, you know, color, as a um, bilingual, like, I can relate to understanding and knowing the power that that holds to have a place who really, really tries, um, I've, I've, I've seen it, you know, play out throughout my entire Disney life, um, really tries to connect to people on so many different levels. Um, whether you're talking about the 
um, DAS pass, the DAS system that they have in place. It's the disability um, accessibility uh, program that they have for folks who have uh, different um, abilities. And so they can address that and help you have an experience that isn't as uh, negatively impacted, right, due to whatever your circumstances are. Um, they have uh, a lot of services, components even of their shows or their ride uh, attractions. Um, you know, cast members who speak Spanish or other languages that folks need. Um, and so it makes you really feel like I'm seen. I'm I'm being, um, in uh, you know, like catered to in this way but it doesn't feel um other yeah. yeah so um that that's so important so powerful and then um what you said jen around like the uh happiness and like knowing that like this is kind of a grounding place and it really does allow me to touch base with okay like this is my baseline Right. I know that I'm capable right. of having my ups and my downs. <laughs> um, and when I'm here um, or when I'm tuned into this thing, um, I can go a little higher um, than than my usual. And it feels good. And I can tap into that whenever I need to or can. Um, and it just it's reassuring. Mm. Right. For sure. I remember when um I, I was my dad's caregiver for a very long time and he was bedridden and he would have these surgeries that would be actually, I'm sorry, this is before he was bedridden. It would, the surgeries would cause him to be bedridden for a couple weeks and it was so stressful and so much work for me. And I would literally mm. schedule a Disney trip right before he goes in for surgery. And I would schedule one right after he was done with his like recovery time. And it was like, I could mm. like, get ready, like amp up, get my serotonin as high as yes. it possibly can get, come into it. Yes. And then it starts decreasing as time goes. And then as soon as I'm able to leave again, I would bounce out and go back to town and fix it again. It like literally fixes for me. And I, yeah, I use Disney. That's my annual pass. I've, I've said that forever to people. Like when they make fun of me, like, Oh, you're spending so much money. You have an annual pass. You're crazy. I'm like, Hey, it's cheaper than therapy. Like I just snap, snap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Even therapy. So Sometimes. Doing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's getting there Sometimes to me where it won't be anymore, but you know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I definitely can relate to that. And um, it is, like I mentioned earlier, part of like my treatment plan for sure. Um, and I've always said I'm running low on Disney juice. Mm. Like I can feel when that the time yeah. has come, right? And, or when the time has far <laughs> passed us. And, and uh, at this point, we're at a crucial level. We're running on fumes here. Um, and so the, the privilege, right, that, that we have to be able to experience this um, as magic key holders, essentially whenever we would like, right? Um, I definitely want to speak to that because I think that knowing that it's not accessible or realistic for everyone um, and knowing that that is such a um, privilege that I that I hold um, is something that I always want to be mindful about. Um, and for those folks who go even just once in their life, knowing that even just that one time can be life yeah. changing. Right. It, it can be. I've talk to many people who have now 
on the other side, I've had many folks who went that one time and did not have the experience <laughs> that they should have had. And unfortunately, it's like failed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like failed, failed connection, like, you know, um, let's have a redo. But um, certainly you, you, you never um, have trouble finding somebody who has had that moment. What right. advice do you have for people who, who are seeking this type of sort of vice and this type of treatment, but don't have access to it for whatever reason, whether it's affordability or time mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. the parks were closed <laughs> for quite a while during the pandemic. So what, yeah. what could Disney people do if knowing that this is the thing that makes them happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, Disneyland is definitely a part of it. For me, it's a huge part of it, Um, but it's not the only part, right? And so Disney fandom has so many um, accessible avenues that you can uh, tap into. And so whether that be through an old VHS that you find in your parents' garage and you pop it into, if you got a VHS (laughs) player, um, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I remember like not all movies are in HD quality and it starts to trigger those memories of when you were a kid watching it at home or um, whether you have one of those uh, little golden books. I mean, it can be something as simple as like, um, I'm looking at uh, Jen, you know, on on a, her background in her office, she has all of those like old classic attraction ride posters, right? Imagine somebody who, when they went to Disneyland, that was, that was it. Like that's, that was the things that you would see around the park. That was how they advertised to you. That's how they enticed you. And so to see it now well into, you know, uh, decades later, um, what that could do to you just to see an image that, that, that reminds you of something special. Um, you know, of course, Disney plus, right. Um, now we have Disney <laughs> right, plus, we have a goodness. whole streaming platform that gives you access to so many. Um, that, I mean, I think they even have a category that says like nostalgic yeah. movies or something like that. It used to be so hard to yeah. find stuff unless you had it on yeah. VHS or DVD or whatever. And now it's mm-hmm. like just literally at our fingertips and I'm like, Oh, whatever. I shouldn't take it for granted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast is another super, um, I know that, uh, for me, it's been so helpful. Um, and those times in between the gaps in between trips, um, whether I'm in, in the car or doing dishes or whatever, all of a sudden, next thing I know, like doing dishes isn't so bad. Right. right? <laughs> Cause it. I have a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, you know, a so-called friend that I'm, I'm at the table with, like, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, I think that there's also people oftentimes jump to like Disney is a thing for kids. The, uh, idea or notion um, and in none of this have I mentioned children but if you do have children the magic that you get to experience through their eyes mm-hmm. and through their um, connection with Disney um, for me that totally reawakened it in, in I mean not even that it went to sleep so I guess that's not the right word but it just gave it a whole different yeah, lens perspective to experience Disney through my children as a parent, um, that's been amazing. And that's and that doesn't even have to do with like actually going to the parks. I mean, that's a whole nother level, but just to have uh, have the opportunity to see their expression the first time they watch 
Sleeping Beauty, knowing that that's my favorite. And, and all of a sudden, like, oh, like, you know, now we're singing the songs together. And what does that do to you as a person who can literally kind of see your inner child outside of you, um, you know, experience this all over again? So, yeah, those are definitely some that come to mind. It's funny. I actually had – so I – I'm a, one of those childless, I'm not a millennial though. So what am I? I'm like a child, childless Gen X. What am Gen, I? Is it Gen Z? I, I don't know. Some say 80 and up. There's this generation that Jen, you and I are exactly in. It's uh, people who are born 79, 80 and 81. Stephanie, what year are you born? If you don't mind telling me. 84. No, I don't mind. 84. 84. Okay. So definitely millennial on yours. Mm-hmm. Um, for 79, 80 and 81, there's something called the MTV generation. And it's for this group that doesn't fit between millennials and Gen X, (laughs) which are like my older siblings. I'll take it. I love the MTV generation. Because we grew up with the few years where MTV was playing music videos. Actual music videos. And it actually (laughs) like changed pop culture. And that's Mm -hmm. what we grew up with was that that very slim time in the 90s. I didn't know that was like an actual thing. So we could call ourselves the MTV generation. (laughs) Okay. So I'm a childless MTV. So (laughs) So much better than millennial. um, Just kidding. Um, But I had one moment that I wanted a child and it was in Disneyland on Big Thunder Mountain. I was by myself, I believe. And there was a guy who was probably like maybe a few years older than me and his little son and you could tell it was like his first time on the on the ride. And he was just literally having the time of his life. This little kid was like so happy. He was screaming at all the right points and like excited about what he was seeing, Cute. looking all around. And I like was just overjoyed by watching this little kid. Yeah. And then the dad at the end, he like, because he, he saw me like interacting with, with the kid. And the dad turns around to me and he's like, it is like the most amazing thing to see Disneyland all over again through their eyes. And I was like, ah! Like now I need to have bring on the waterworks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so precious. Uh, So I thought real quick before we wrap up, since you mentioned earlier the word triggers specifically, Mm. that'd be fun if we could like kind of go around in circle and like name some triggers that Disney does for us. So like things that will that like make you really feel like happy or that you're like, Oh wow, this is a Disneyland unique thing. Mm -hmm. Um, stuff like that. So I'm going to go first and I'm going to say smell of pirates of the Caribbean Mm. water. Yes. Mm. Everybody just take it in, take it in. I literally can smell it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Who's up next? Hmm. I love that. By the way, I love that we're using the word trigger in a positive way way right um because i thought we were going down the other rabbit hole and i was like oh "Oh." no no no. i was like all right yeah we can end on that note but (laughs) i was with you i was with you i was like oh where are we going with this jet but is triggers always a bad thing no i mean it's not but that's the common association right Right, yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay well if you guys can think of a better word for it but i want to hear what you guys what happy things what releases endorphins for you in the park so many so many. You definitely touched on one, but Mike, go ahead. Ooh, there's there's a lot. I think something that um, is a positive trigger for me in or outside of the parks is there's a certain type of um, audio output. It's like a speaker. It's like hearing a certain type of voice tone mm-hmm. through a certain type of speaker Ooh. that always makes me think I'm at Disneyland. It might mm-hmm. I might be on the subway in in New York. <laughs> 
And there might be a certain way that I hear the intercom that makes me think that it's an announcement for something like a parade or a cavalcade or the parks opening. Yeah. Like if you hit the just yeah. the right amount of reverb and like the bass, like especially Bill Rogers has a nice bassy yes. voice that like ah. kind of makes the bass echo throughout the area mm-hmm. you're it in. Is. And that's one. And then especially mm-hmm. if I'm out and about. And I hear something in English and then immediately in Spanish after. I think of Disneyland. <laughs> yes. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Manténganse Or what yeah. is it? Oh, God. Like, I used to know this word for word. My cousin and I would pretend to be uh, Jungle Cruise um, skippers and knew it word for word, the English and Spanish, the whole thing. Oh, oh yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. Um, for me, I choke up every time without without hesitation um like the fireworks show always has like that moment right that emotional moment yeah. that they know exactly what 100 percent that, that <laughs> you know that peak that they reach um and then it's like all right bring on the waterworks right and let's hide it with the soap the snoop the right. <laughs> um whether yeah whether it's the Halloween, even the halloween um fireworks show has like this component that you're like i am so happy that i'm gonna cry like yeah. you know the christmas that um but phantasmic because phantasmic is consistent and has been consistent for so long um that sound the music just to, to to hear that is uh, for me so like emotionally triggering, um, and definitely um, the was it the sixtieth? I believe it was the sixtieth uh, fireworks show. I think it's called Disneyland Forever, and I think they're bringing yeah. it back. Um, yeah. But holy, can we cuss? Like holy <laughs> shit! Like that. <laughs> wow, that was so from beginning to end i mean you got walt you know yeah. you got oh my god that triggered everything in me so yeah yeah that was me for the 50th fireworks from oh, beginning yeah. to end where they like do the tour around the park and all the attractions yes. oh my god oh. yeah i was like this is the best it doesn't get better mm-hmm. and they had that first like 360 degree fireworks yes. stuff oh my god it was crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cool yeah wow <sighs> So if there are other right. people out there that are looking to explore becoming mental health professionals and are Disney fans, like what are some of your tips for people that want to go into that field? And can you just tell us one last thing about how that might have influenced your journey into becoming a professional in the field? Yeah, well, um, I think it's just really, really, really uh, powerful to like recognize your own connection to something and going with that. Um, I think oftentimes there's this like thought or this saying, right, that like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life kind of a thing. And the the truth of the matter is like, there's definitely work involved, right? And when you do this type of work, um, there's a mental, emotional, spiritual uh, toll that is taken. And so understanding that if that's what you're committed to and passionate about, there's a reason why. And so if you if you have that connection to this work and share um, this, want to share this gift with others, then I certainly think that um, it, it, it is all, it, it is definitely um, 
something that you should go all in with. And so whether that be through um, getting, you know, the educational background first, if that's what you need, um, and then exploring internships that allow you the opportunity to practice um, under the supervision of someone who can give you that guidance, that feedback, um, that mentor mentorship, um, that really, really makes such a difference in where you go and what you do. Um, and then, of course, uh, just continually staying in a, in a place of learning. Um, it's so important to not assume that you know it all. Um, you might know some, but uh, every person is different. Every story has its own uniqueness. And so um, that, that, that is always so important to remember. Um, and then, of course, like if you can connect it to your Disney, um, your Disney <laughs> side every so often and find that you, you know, can share that joy with someone. I mean, honestly, it's one of the easiest ways and most common ways that I have connected with clients that I have connected with colleagues, um, you know, whether that be like in the in the office, people are like, oh, yeah, like we have a, you know, Disney trip coming up. Like, let me check in with with Steph real quick. Or, um, you know, I have had on multiple occasions clients who are just so um, disconnected from the the process, the therapeutic process. And then they see me come in with my Disney bag or my Disney lanyard, or they see the Disney. I mean, you know, I, every day of my life, I look like I'm going to Disneyland. So <laughs> it is that. without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, immediately <laughs> that I am, I'm an, a Disney ally. Okay. And so yeah. <laughs> people see that and the, the wall comes down. Um, it, it's really, it's really, um, amazing in that way that it helps you connect to others and, um, kind of melts away a little bit of that, that, uh, tough exterior. I like that. I like that you use that term ally, because Mm -hmm. if I, if I was a client of yours, Stephanie, I can already tell just from your, your energy and your tone, Mm -hmm. I'd already be comfortable, but then also on top of that, seeing that you're a safe place to be at as mm. a Disney fan and Thank a fellow you. Disney ally. I I could just imagine how special and important that is for somebody that is going through something and needs your support. So I appreciate that, that yeah. so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, here we are. Oh my gosh. And our fumes are going dry as well, but we can talk about this forever. <laughs> I think we're probably going to have to bring you back at some point and talk even I more about this. I to. think there's layers here that our listeners would love to go um, to have us explore. We even have a patron, Kylie, who has been asking for even more about this on Aww. therapy and the science behind uh, the mental health relationship with um, Disney. And we are having a Patreon month coming up next month. So we're going to be diving into even more of those topics. So again, thank you for being a listener of the Disney Holic Show and thank you for joining us. And we will probably have you back here sooner than you think. Um, and we loved having you. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank and you. thank you, Stephanie, for reaching out too. I remember when we threw it out there to see if anybody had a background with therapy and, and stuff like this and was just like literally a, what do you call it when you like just throw something out into the, the message in the bottle for the best? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like message in the bottle. We're just like, let's see what happens. And then you immediately reached out and I'm like, oh my God, it worked. This is so amazing. So, so, so happy to have you on the show. I'm glad you threw the bottle. Like I was <laughs> like, I found the bottle, you 
know, it was like... <laughs> you caught it before it even landed. Yes, 100%. And honestly, I remember when that went out and I looked at the time because you know how it tells you like when it was uh, posted or whatever, like 15 minutes ago, oh, right. this was posted. And I was like, no, somebody beat me to it. I just know it. <laughs> um, so I am so incredibly grateful, not only for this opportunity, but honestly, like um, I really, really connect with you guys every week. Um, and I really do feel like I'm part of the part of the gang. So thank you so much. Yes. I hope to run into you in the park so we can, Release serotonin together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's be uh, porch, porch uh, potatoes together. There we go. Yeah. Um, All right, Stephanie, until next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow, Jen, that was so nice talking to Stephanie and really hearing from the perspective of a professional in the field that shares our love for Disney and our passion for, you know, self-care and mental health. Amazing. Amazing. It's always good to build awareness around all of the things. And I think it's a really unique perspective that Stephanie was able to help us understand. So once again, thank you so much, Stephanie. And even cooler, you guys, this comes for all of you who's listening. Stephanie has opened the doors wide for all of you. And she said that if you would ever like to reach out to her and talk about how this therapy kind of helps in with Disney, she said the doors are wide open and you can message her in Instagram. Her handle on Instagram is at DisneylandAddict1955. So feel free to chat it up with her and see if she wants to uh, delve in a little bit more with you guys. And we can all kind of help each other out. All right. So um, upcoming things on Disney Holics Show are going to be really fun. Um, first of all, I want to mention that the uh, Patreon month is almost here. The month of March, we have set aside strictly for Patreon members to give us what they want to hear about. And we have already so many topics. So you guys, if you are a Patreon member, um, please remember to get in your um, ideas over to us so we can get researching and set up to do all of those for the month of March. Um, and then next week's episode is going to be kind of a mishmash potpourri episode, I like to call it. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of updates on there, including some opinions about the Boba Fett series. So it's going to be a very much spoiler-heavy review of Boba Fett, even though it's only it's a couple of weeks after at that point, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. Not necessarily spoiler territory anymore, but but we'll you'll want to have the seen the episode. You'll want to have seen it so you can get into it with us. Yeah. yeah, go watch it. Go binge it real quick so we can all talk about it together. Um, so that'll be really fun. And last but certainly not least, since I already mentioned I am on a Disney World trip during this time, I thought I would maybe do a trip report as soon as I get back so that I can follow up on the previous episode for Valentine's Day and tell you guys how it went. Like, what was it like for uh, celebrating Valentine's Day at the parks? Also, what is it like being with your boyfriend who just doesn't give two shits about Disney? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to follow up and let you guys know how it all goes. And yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed episode 72 <laughs> of the Disney Holics show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or send us an email at fanmail at the Disney Okay, bye. bye.
Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.